All right, yo, 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 welcome to the Coach's Box. Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box for another episode. I'm your host, Coach JP3, back like I never left. Good to be part of the podcast again. It's been too long. Today, we have two great coaches with us. Today, we have Coach K and Coach J. Welcome back, Coach J. It's good to be back. Uh, Thanks for having me back in the box. And I'm looking forward to this episode. Yeah. So, you know, if Coach Jay is in the building, it's all football all the time. You know what you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about today. So we got a lot going on. We're going to cover up uh, some NCAA stuff at the top of the show, and then we're going to get into some NFL. Uh, so first and foremost, we did have a week yesterday of NCAA football, and I was so excited uh, that, you know, the football is back in general. And so this is the time of year where I think a lot of us, and I'm sure a lot of you listeners out there, like this is one of your favorite times of year is that you have college and pro football happening at the same time. Uh, And so, yeah, it was nice to see fans back in the stands. Uh, So when we talk about our, our biggest takeaways from week one, I guess that was mine is that sometimes we underestimate the, the atmosphere that fans bring to the game. Um, even though we may be watching it on our televisions, it's just nice to see that that type of environment. Uh, another takeaway for me was that uh, I love the focus on the HBCUs uh, this year. And so it's been long overdue, uh, but you know we have a, a lot of spotlights. There are players that are getting shine there are teams that are getting shine heck we got two hall of fame nfl uh players that are going to be coaching hbcus this weekend uh mm-hmm. so happy to see that eddie george and and Deion sanders uh, but it's nice seeing them get national television recognition uh so that's my second takeaway my last takeaway is i guess i would just say that um you know there's still this whole um transfer portal has been very interesting and and it's made things so I want to say convoluted but very layered uh and I'm sure it's a it's a hassle for the students the student athlete and it's a hassle for the universities but I think some of the coaches are seeing some opportunities come out of this transfer transfer portal that were not open in years past so when you talk about quarterbacks that are bouncing around, so if they're not getting playing time at OSU, all right, well, I'm going to go down to this school and make some noise here at this D1 school and have an opportunity to do that. Uh, so I was, I'm really happy to see people get their chances to, to, to make some noise and to show what they have. Uh, and we saw in week one that some teams benefited from that. So those are my biggest takeaways. Uh, Coach K, what are some of your biggest takeaways from week one? Um, my- <laughs> Probably the biggest takeaway, and and, and no surprise, but uh, <clears throat> Oklahoma is going to continue to be Oklahoma. Um, yes, I, you know, Bryce Young looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, Nick Saban's got it down. I mean, and I don't know. Like they'll probably be the keep. They'll probably be the top dog, at least I think, until until Nick Saban retires. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows when that'll be? Um, I'll try to keep this quick. Uh, UCLA, yeah, is back. 
Yeah. So um, it's under under uh, Chip Kelly. So I'm excited to see um, another Pac-12 team other than Oregon have a shot at making it to making it to the playoffs. So um, <clears throat> it will rem- it remains to be seen if you know some of those other teams will follow suit. Um, I think I think some other standout teams. I think Texas will be good. They've they've had some lackluster years. Um, uh, Clemson has no answer for Trevor Lawrence being gone. Um, (laughs) I was looking forward to that game, too. I was waiting all day for for that game, and it was just very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, but it's what it is. Um, Other than that, I'd probably say – I think Notre Dame will do good this year, and also Florida State's Florida State seems to be like they're going to be good this year too. So it's always good to see more competition outside of the uh, SEC. Yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Coach Jay, what you got for us, bro? Yeah, you know you mentioned uh, that transfer portal, and I, I actually kind of like that. I like that there's movement, and uh, there was a word. Uh, churn it's it's competition that's able to shift around and i feel like the the ncaa uh, is becoming more flexible for schools to improve and you know it is a little bit of a challenge i'm sure on athletes and coaching staff and whatnot but i like that i like that they're able to move around but i'd say some of the takeaways um is well at least a few of mine is uh the sec um they've got definitely powerhouse in alabama and Georgia looks pretty good too. Um, um, I would also say that apparently, and this is just from what I've been looking up, apparently uh, last year's Indiana was a fluke and that this year's Indiana is not going to be living up to that same type of uh, stature as last year. So I don't know what to expect from that, but um, it's always fun to hear, you know, people starting to challenge schools already in the first week. Uh, but that's that's my little two cents that I got. Yeah, that's that's true. I one of the things I forgot to mention is, you know, us being in the state of Ohio, you know, Ohio State got a chance to have the early mm-hmm. early lens for the world to look at there. And um I liked what I saw from the Buckeyes. I I did I did. Uh a lot of people were talking about how good the Buckeyes were, which is true. You know, whenever you have a, you know, a freshman quarterback come out there playing like that, but he does have playmakers around him, uh, that's gonna that helps his transition. So I was really happy to see that he didn't force a lot of passes, and that he had the ability to say, okay, you know what, let me get the hand the ball in the hands of my playmakers, and because it's not going to be all on me, and it shouldn't be all on me, you know. So with when you got that receiving core and you could just throw it up there and they could take it to the house at any point in time. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but, you know, what was left unsaid, I think, from a lot of the narratives was how strong Minnesota actually played in that game. Uh, I actually liked what I saw from Minnesota. And the, the thing about it is, is like, I mean, when you, you lose your starting back like early in the game, like your star, like that's going to affect you for the rest of the game. And the fact that they were still able to you know, get the ball down the field, uh, put points on the board, 
you know, their defense was never something to be glorified, but their offense, I think, was. And and you look at last year, I think you just kind of throw stuff in the air because you're not real sure what was happening last year. A lot of people didn't get the games. They had games canceled and they had to reschedule and they had to do this. So we didn't get to see a lot of what teams actually had to offer. But I want to remind everyone that the season before last, Minnesota was what, 10 and 1, 11 and 1 for the season? Like they they were a, a force to be reckoned with. And so to see them, and they regressed last year with all the craziness, but see them come back to that established competitive football, um, especially on the offensive side. And I think they can take out most of the Big Ten outside of, of, of maybe Michigan. Michigan had an impressive performance. But outside of yeah. Michigan, no issue. I think Minnesota is going to be right there. So, so yeah, I, I just wanted to give them a little bit of love. I know, I know Minnesota doesn't get a lot of love. Even yeah. without that starting running back. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> they were still able to move the ball. Like, you could do that to OSU. You could do that to most of the other teams in the Big Ten, at least. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it will really be telling. I mean, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but it will be, it'll be really telling how good OSU is, like, um. You know, once we see how they play against Oregon, because really, like, we honestly don't know how good or bad <laughs> OSU yeah. is until yeah. at least like four or five games in. So, um, you know, and I don't know. I trust. I trust Ryan Day. I do. Yeah. Um, and you know, not to not to be disrespectful or anything, but I hate Giannis. I it just doesn't feel right. Being what? on the coach's box without saying I don't like Giannis. That's all. My bad. We're not even, talk, we're not even talking basketball today. <laughs> it was so random. <laughs> no, I had to. I had to. I had to say it. that's all. We weren't even talking about the state of Wisconsin. Like you. Were- <laughs> <laughs> I heard. <laughs> hey, Wisconsin's in the Big Ten. That's how I made the. That's how I made the relation. <laughs> My God. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you about about OSU, but yeah, I mean, when I have if I have Chris Olave as a playmaker, I'm gonna make sure he gets the ball, mm-hmm. any chance I can. And, and so just to see him be able to do a lot of run after the catch, that I, he could turn a ten yard pass into a fifty yard touchdown just like that. Yep. Um, that's gonna help. That's gonna help you rookie quarterback moving forward. You no, know, Coach K, though, you mentioned something real interesting. I'm a Buckeye, and I know that most of us. We have this lens on that, you know, uh, our Buckeyes are the best. We, we see one game and we're blown away. And you don't really know. You got to take those lenses off and really see the team for who they are when they get, you know, faced with another big dog if they're really yeah. that good. You're saying, you know, maybe the next couple of games we'll really see how well they are, but you do have confidence that we're going to, you know, make some noise this time. I mean, I don't. I don't think the I don't think the Big Ten um, competition is that deep outside of you know you know like a Michigan maybe I don't think Wisconsin's going to be this good this year I don't know. I think Ohio State and Michigan are truly the best teams in the OSU I mean in the, in the Big Ten conference but I feel like I don't know. Like just over the years, it's just just after watching OSU play like year after year. Like I feel like it's just I'll I'll feel better about it. Like once I see a few more games, 
that's mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's just me. I'm not I'm not this, you know, OSU is the best football team. I think we have a good program, we have a good mm-hmm. coach, but honestly, like this is the first year we get to see what Ryan that Ryan Day um, you know, does without any of um uh you know Urban Meyer's players. Right. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm 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 always I'm always skeptical though. Like mm-hmm. I, I think I'm I think I'm done just being I'm I'm being a realist with all my sports teams now. As you like should. I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. Even though yeah, even though the Cowboys did look good, I still have my skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I definitely see that. I, I'm not a person that's going to speak in hyperbole either about OSU. Plenty, there are plenty of people out here. For those of you that are not in Ohio, like there are plenty of people out here. Oh, yeah. Have those rose-colored glasses. And OSU could do no wrong. Uh, when something bad happens, OSU is the victim. And Coach Natty T is the first to bring that to our attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like I said, you know, I gave props to, props to Minnesota, but – it was more of their offense. Yeah, I want to see what happens when C.J. Stroud has to face a defense that's established uh, and that's disciplined and that's going to make adjustments throughout the game where he's going to have to really learn how to read the defense. Um, so, and when things get tight, what type of quarterback are you going to turn into? Are, are you going to force the ball? Are you going to try to do too much? Are you going to, you know, take a sack, an untimely sack? You know, these are questions that I have moving forward, but we only have to go off of what Woody's been able to give us and a good good debut for C.J. Stroud. Um, like I said, it helps when you have, helps when you have Alave and Master Teague and, and stuff like that around there to help you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to just say one thing. I'll, I'll be done, I promise. I don't know. And to me, like, I'm, I'm always expecting Ohio State to score points on, like, you know, smaller, not, like, non-powerhouse teams. Like, I don't really consider Minnesota a powerhouse team. And, and then to me, I think the question mark is probably more so the defense because 30, 31 points to me is still a lot, mm-hmm. like, from, from Minnesota. So that's that's where my skepticism lies. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. We'll see. And we'll be right here to cover it. We by oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of shakeups going on in there. And so we talked a couple episodes back about some of the conference shuffling going on with Oklahoma and Texas uh leaving the Big 12 and, and going to join the SEC. Well, of course, that left like these huge ramifications for the other conferences saying, okay, on the big 12, all right, how do we strengthen, uh, re-strengthen our conference? Because you're talking, talking about two like foundational teams for that conference. And in all the other conferences, we, we talked about their contracts. We talked about um, some of the potential moves. Well, now that the first domino is falling, we said you were going to see some other stuff happen and it's happening sooner than we thought. Uh, so, and in fact, today, uh, Big 12 met with, um, you know, approved the transition of BYU, Central Florida, Houston, and Cincinnati to join the Big 12. Now, of course, this isn't going to happen this year. This is going to take a couple years for this to go into effect, uh, most likely by July 2024, just looking at some of the, um, 
because there's big fees that they have to pay, right? So if you're going to switch conferences, it's about $10 million for you to bounce. Yeah, that that's that's a hefty price to pay to leave a relationship, right? You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. So with that, a lot of, I think a lot of these teams are going to honor their their contracts and see it through to 20, about 2024 and then go ahead and, and, and uh, join the big 12. Uh, but, you know, coach K, what do you think about this transition? Do you think this was a good move by the big 12? Um, and what does this mean for the other conferences? Um, uh, for one thing, I'm disappointed, not, not disappointed that these teams are making moves, but I'm disappointed by the big 10 because I feel like they constantly make, they just, uh, I think I think like Cincinnati would have been a great addition to the Big Ten. I think they would have been. Wow. Um, you missed out. Yeah. <laughs> and like the Big Ten, like they get they give us like the man. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy for Cincinnati. Like I mean, Cincinnati being a in a in a. I mean, more opportunity, more exposure. Like, I think that's I think that's good for them. Going to the Big Twelve, uh, all same thing with Houston. Like, Houston's been improved, has been improving over the past couple past couple years. So, I mean, that 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 makes sense too. BYU, I could really care less, but <laughs> um, nah, it's I think it's good. I think it's good, um, especially like, I mean, the Big Twelve pretty much lost all their power houses so they need they need something they need a shot to the arm um because really like what's left <laughs> i mean not not much so um i'm not i'm happy to see the other teams get um you know get a shot to play in a bigger conference but i i am disappointed that uh that the big 10 didn't get cincinnati because i don't know I, I i like i would like to see like Cincinnati play OSU. Mm-hmm. I think that's just just for me. Just you know, with Fickle um, leaving and being the head coach, I think that's just, that's just me. But. Yeah, yeah. See, see, the thing about it is the Big Ten is sitting pretty right now because that is the most lucrative contract out of the conferences, right? I think when we when we had that episode about the, I think it was over fifty million dollars. Like they they did their TV contract structure right because they have the most successful network, the Big Ten network out of all of them, but they don't have the most successful teams, right? To your point, Coach K, right? They don't have the most glamorous teams for us to be watching on television. So there's kind of a dissonance between the conference and the money that's being generated and the fan that has to sit down and watch it. That's kind of like, well, you know, yeah, OSU, Michigan, you know, you throw Indiana here over there, you throw – Maybe Michigan State over here for a year. You, you throw Minnesota in over here, for, but we want to see some of the other stuff. So I do, I do understand your perspective of of um, it would have been nice for yeah. at least Cincinnati to have gone to the Big Ten, but they right. have no reason to say let's change things up because they're they're locked they're locked into a great contract. I will say that this was a great move for the schools that were mentioned here, you know, just getting that exposure because I think, you know, when people were talking about, Hey, Cincinnati runs the table and gets no respect. Well, if they run the table as part of the big 12, maybe that chance. And we're, we're also talking about the college football playoff expanding, moving forward, 
you know, whether it's an 18 thing or a 12 team thing, this gives space for a Houston, a Cincinnati, a Central Florida, a BYU to maybe sneak in one of those spots. Uh, and BYU is probably going to be the first to join because it's independent. Um, and so they're probably going to be joining in 2023. So they'll probably get get like their, their feet wet for a year before everyone else joins in. But yeah, it I think it was a necessary move by the Big 12. I think they were finding themselves in a situation. Oh, absolutely. Because the, the names that they carry are going to help determine what that next contract is going to look like, TV mm-hmm. contracts going to look like. So with them not having Texas and Oklahoma, their people are going to be like, well, why were people going to watch Big 12 football? And now they can say, hey, we have four other teams here that we're bringing their fan bases, you know, in in really good football markets. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking about Florida, you know, you're talking about Ohio, you're talking about Texas, you know, so you have good football markets there. So I think it was a smart move by them, but we'll yeah. see. Coach Jay, what are you thinking, man? Man, I think uh, I think you guys are right as far as the uh, Big Twelve needing to make this move. It's almost like the Ravens losing out on their running backs. <laughs> they kind of got to grab and take what they can get, and you know, they're in the space. Um, but um, as far as money wise, it definitely makes sense. You know, you want to try and continue to bring in as much money as you can with having these different schools. And I agree, Cincinnati would have been a, a nice addition to the Big Ten. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like the last, like, exciting addition was when Nebraska joined. Yeah. Disappointment. <laughs> Disappointment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Maryland's Hurricanes. That's the, that's, that's the point. I think we, we definitely need to start, we as in Big Ten, these as uh, start finding more opportunistic moments to uh, grab some schools and get some, you know, attention into the Big Ten. But um, I, I will see is my my quickest, my best answer. We'll see how this turns out for the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. It may just be a bunch of fillers, or this may actually be something that brings a little more excitement. Yeah, it's a long shot, but there is one thing: Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame. It's I know it's a long shot. I know see <laughs> coach, <laughs> coach JP3 over there looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> so it would be nice if they were a big ten. It makes sense for them to be a big ten school as far yeah. as like where they are located in United right. States. But like rivalries though. Yeah. 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 Sure. Don't nobody care about that USC Notre Dame game anymore. USC is trash. <laughs> I hope we don't. Sorry to all the USC fans. The listeners out there just lost <laughs> five, five subscriptions. Yeah, I know, right? God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're gonna. See, I think this is the the second of many dominoes that are gonna fall here mm-hmm. because it's going to leave the other conferences scrambling to see what they can get mm-hmm. uh, as well to make themselves more marketable. Um, the biggest one I could think of is the ACC because they got the worst TV contract. And right now their teams aren't looking very good either. Uh, and with Clemson kind of being the powerhouse of that, Clemson's going to need to play better if they're going to continue to have any type of marketability. Yeah. Um, 
And speaking of, of, of Clemson, they are one of the many team of, you know, some of the teams, there was a uh, um, little chart that came out that said schools with the most players on NFL rosters. This is for the 2021 season here. Uh, so just, if you haven't seen the list, Alabama's number one with 53, Ohio State's number two with 47, LSU 43, Georgia 35, Notre Dame 34, Clemson 33, Iowa 33, Florida 32, Michigan 32, Oklahoma 31, and Penn State rounds out the, the uh, 10 uh, with 31 as well. So the question that I propose to you all, and we'll start with Coach K here, is that what do you make of this? Were there any surprises on this list? <laughs> um, I think the biggest surprise for me was Iowa. Yeah. But I think I think we forget that Iowa actually is they I think they have a decent football program. Yeah. I just like they sometimes they just don't they don't have the bowl wins to to support that. But I think I think their their football program is solid. Um, aside from that, I guess Florida because Florida's not as good as they used to be. Mm. Um, and then uh, I guess Notre Dame shouldn't be surprising, but it it kind of I don't know like it just with. I don't know, just the whole – I mean, you have to have athletes that are, like, good at – like, good, like, in the classroom as well as, like, good on the field. But, yeah. yeah. But for me, I don't know. Iowa, Iowa was definitely, definitely surprising. But um, – and that's why I'm wondering, like, maybe is it possible that Iowa – I want to I wanna see – that makes me want to look, look at, like, you know, what um, – uh, what teams are getting these players from Iowa? Like, could Iowa possibly be a feeder system for like a couple teams or something? But uh, maybe there's a couple connections there. I don't know. I don't know, but it'd be interesting to look at that. They tend to produce a lot of great linemen, and so yeah. I think the NFL is like. Yes, like NFL teams are clamoring because they know, they know some like each squad has their own their reputation, right? Some people just really develop certain positions very well. Right. At, and Iowa, they do have skill position players. I don't want to, you know, come off as a, if, if they don't. But I think when they talk about the offensive line, the defensive line, offensive line in particular, they tend to develop a lot of talented players. Um, mm-hmm. I the ball. But yeah, I, I was looking at this list and the thing that stuck out most to me, I wasn't really surprised outside of Iowa um, uh, where they are. I, I thought Notre Dame was going to be a little lower on the list, um, but the top three really didn't surprise me at all. Uh, is how much this has changed since we were younger. Hmm. And growing up, you think of some of the football powerhouses that produce so many great NFL players. Man. You look at schools like Miami. Yeah, exactly. Right? Nope. Like if you went to <laughs> if you went to, to the U, like you were going to the league. Like if you were <laughs> if you were a skilled position player at the U and you did okay. 
there was a chance that you were going to still go to the league. Yeah. Like, wow. Like that that was one of those things. Um, USC, <laughs> right? Wow. Right. You know, where is USC? You know, USC is not a top ten. You know, feeder school. I mean, provider school for the NFL. You know, but when you think of yeah. throughout time, there's a lot of USC people that you can think about. And it's, they're not putting as many of those guys out there into the NFL anymore. Um, Florida State is probably another school that when we were growing up, put a lot of quality players into the NFL. Uh, let's see, Auburn. So, yeah. you know, uh, let's see, I think there was one more that I thought about the other day. Um, I mean, well, I mean, when you look at, your, your Tennessee's and your UCLA's, um, your Virginia Tech's. Like, so we could all think of like at least a handful of people that made it to the league from those schools while we were growing up that were like cemented stars. Yeah. And it's just to see how the programs have, have shifted. Regressed. Regressed. <laughs> how a lot of them regressed. And then you look at a few of these that have stood the test of time. OSU has stood the test of time. LSU, Georgia, Notre Dame, Alabama. Uh, I would say Clemson will probably the last 10 years, right? You know, so they they weren't like the big powerhouse when we were kids. But they've they've made some consistent noise themselves. Uh, Florida has stood the, stood the test of time. Even though it hasn't translated to national championships, they're still producing quality players. Uh, Michigan has stood the test of time, Oklahoma, Penn State, you know, so, you know, you have half of the list that, yeah, like, those guys, we know those guys are putting out, you know, quality, and then the other part's like, wow, like, you know, they really have started to make noise over the last decade or, you know, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years, yeah. and where are those other schools at now, as far as putting out quality players, so, yeah. Coach Jay, what do you think about this list? Yeah, man, I like it. I like how you pointed out the new kid on the block. Uh, Clemson has definitely, yeah, been consistent for, for the past 10 years and are, are still on that list, which is great, tied for six, in fact. But what I noticed was um, uh, Penn State made that list, too, and they were tied for 10th in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Um, that just kind of threw me off a little bit. I mean, I, I don't think of Penn State too often when I think of schools that are bringing in NFL players uh, but you know who knows I mean maybe they're going to be I, I don't know how they were back when we were kids but maybe they're also the newer team that's making this list like Clemson is and kind of producing um, and then obviously you have your SECs they're top three out of the or I'm sorry they're three out of the top five mm-hmm. which is expected and you got a couple sprinkles in there but I'd love to see some churn. I wonder if there's bias in here. Not bias, like the stats are wrong, but bias as in the scouting. You know, this this player absolutely is, is looked at first over some school that's not, you know, in any of these conferences. But, you know, that, that's just one thing that kind of comes in my mind. It's the same thing happens when the, the run-of-the-mill job, right, and they look to see what college you came from. Mm-hmm. And so your Harvard is going to speak a little bit more than perhaps your um, I don't know, State or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Iowa. Maybe Iowa. Yeah, I'll pick on Iowa today. But yeah, yeah, maybe something like that on the resume. It's like okay, those are good, 
but like one is clearly going to give you a different impression of another than the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think the same thing, same thing happens in the NFL. Like mm-hmm. you get into a certain program, there is a privilege that comes with that. Yep. Yeah. Some I heard somebody. I forget who I was listening to, but they the way they put it is like. It's, I mean, obviously, like, Alabama is producing the most, like, NFL recruits right now. But, like, even, like, when they – their toughest their toughest test is actually not playing the actual football game, but actually, like, the competition within each position, mm. like, trying to get to that. Because now it's, it's almost like they're just the – because um, – uh, Saban, he's getting he's getting his coaches from like like the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I mean, already like NFL teams are like Alabama's the first place to look for a skill for like a skilled player, mm-hmm. you know, versus like some of these other teams. So yeah, that's getting them NFL ready. Like yes, wow. mm-hmm. yes, that's a very good point. Grabbing NFL coaches. You know, people that coach the NFL that know the game and they're going to they're going to train you for that game where mm-hmm. some of the other schools, though they have quality coaches, are. They either haven't been at the level of the NFL, maybe even haven't really succeeded much there, mm-hmm. uh, but they're coaching to. I hate to say this, but they're coaching within the NCAA to like where the players are definitely prepared for college football, but not necessarily for the professional game. Like their skill, the way they're developing players doesn't always translate well to the next level. Right. It's going to get you through your four years and you're going to be a high quality player, very effective for those four years there, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily at the next level. Yeah, which I'm, which I'm wondering. I wonder because like Michigan still, even though they're, they're not, their success has been kind of minuscule compared to years past. But like they're still in the mix because I feel like Jim Harbaugh, like he's been to the NFL, he's coached there, mm-hmm. he knows what teams are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so I wonder if that'll do anything for UCLA as far as like Bruins, like if they're going to get higher impact recruits um based on the fact that chip kelly's been to nfl like i mean granted like his 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 success doesn't you know didn't translate over but i mean yeah you see you see how he turned the program around (laughs) yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if if ucla kind of creeps in there over the next couple of years that's a good point. It, and now I'm looking at it there. Yeah. Several of these top 10 teams have coaching staff that either played in the NFL or have coached in the NFL at some point in time. It might not always be the head coach, but there's people on the staff that has some NFL pedigree there. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's very interesting to see the dynamic playing out where the pro game is evolving in some instances to a college like as far as maybe some of the how the offense is opened up a little bit 
So when you're looking at who are the people that need to be training these quarterbacks in the NFL, a lot of times they're looking at some of the playbooks and actually some of the personnel from college football. Interesting. Right. But college football is trying to prepare for the NFL. And so like, it's what the balance is, you know, is this balance between nope. we're going to make you NFL ready here. Um, and then the NFL is saying, you know what, we want you to be NFL ready, but there's some things that this college game is doing that's going to generate dollars for the NFL because people want a more exciting product. And so with the focus being on the offense, do that. And also if you've had success with the person at the college level, and we want to invest in you, we want to also invest in the person that helped got you, got, get you to this point, yeah. which is the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator you played yeah. with. So we're starting to see a lot of that, and it's opened up some doors for um, coaching from some of the coaching vacancies as well. Um, yeah. Nah, so yeah, that that's... That's just the interesting conundrum that's happening. And so it'll be, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what is happening in this board. Um, but yeah, so that's that's all the NCAA talk we have. So we're going to transition to some NFL. And what a way to kick off the NFL season. For those of you who <laughs> to watch the game last night, yeah. uh, it, 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 was, it was great. It was great to see, you know, the, the Cowboys and the Bucks out there. Um, and what a great game that they gave us, you know, you know, is, is Tom going to pick up where he left off? I think he answered that. Well, is Dak going to be able to come back, uh, from the, you know, the ankle injury? I think he answered that well last mm-hmm. night. He looks really good. Uh, I can't say he's the reason they lost. He was not, he was mm-hmm. not. I, w- I would say you don't want him throwing the ball that many times. He threw the ball a lot. Um, I don't think that's good for him longevity wise to be throwing the ball that many times. You need a little bit more balanced attack there. Their front seven of Tampa Bay is absolutely elite. So I understand why they didn't get many rushing yards. And I had Zeke Elliott, one of my fantasy squads. And I was like, why? Why? Why didn't even? But I thought that what they would do was to throw him the ball a little bit more, get him in some open space to pick up yardage. Uh, they kind of take some of the pressure off of that, but they didn't really do that. Um, but it was still a good game, otherwise. Yeah, we we have a monster receiving core. Yes, so yes, yes. That, yeah, like I that that's partially what makes me excited um, about the season. And despite uh, I'm not I'm not even gonna go into it, but you know, like I'm I'm hoping for the best. Like you said, like. Uh, Dak's not going to be able to throw the ball, you know, as much as he did to win the games. We need a balanced approach. So I, I don't know. Like, so Zeke's in the best uh, shape of his life. We'll, we'll see when the time comes. So I'm hoping that this is the, it was closer than what I thought it was going to be. Um, but, you know, I still remain skeptical, especially of the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> no, Greg's Greg the leg, man. I was sitting here. Look, I was looking at him earlier in the game. Like, really, bro? This is what we're gonna do? Everybody yeah, else playing well, but you. Yeah. Like, you out here. Then he made the kick at the end of the game, and I was like, okay, that that was right down the middle. When it that was it. four points that he missed out on. 
four points on the board makes a difference. Uh, it makes a difference. It made a difference. Yeah. So you know, I thought um, I I know you didn't want to get into it, Coach K. I'm just curious. I'm gonna just throw this one bone at you. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Pollard is looking much more explosive to me than Zeke. Is this is this a turning point perhaps in the backfield? Oh, I'm going to sip my water here. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, whatever gets the job done, mm. go for it. Because to me, this is a great make or break season. Mm. So obviously, obviously, like I'm let's let's give him a couple more games. But I mean, if Zeke isn't producing, I'm going with the other guy. Like that—that's just me because we—we got to—we got to see if we really have a chance here of winning a championship. Because I don't know, like, while everybody's firing on all cylinders, you don't want—you don't want the—you don't want the one kink in the wheel being like one of the most important parts mm-hmm. of, of the whole plan, which is the running game. So Zeke, I'm looking at hit you like, yo, like, get it together. <laughs> that's 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 me. So. That's interesting. It, yeah. I think his time is is already run out, even though it yeah. said let's give it some time because the line is not going to be very friendly for him this year either. So his chances, which was when the line was better, has come and gone. And I, I think his time is going to run out this season, to be honest. I hope you're wrong about that. I hope so too. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it. Like you know, I, I know you say you picked them for your fantasy team, but <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing this Cowboys shit. I, I wore this shirt today for a reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> nah. well, it doesn't say Cowboys. It says Cowboys. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my response to that is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm big on context, so. Last night isn't the game that I'm going to judge Ezekiel Elliott by. Like I said, the front seven for Tampa Bay, unquestionably the way that individually they way to play. Oh, yeah. So it was not a surprise that he didn't have any space to work with. Okay. But I looked at the way he ran the ball instead of looking how far he ran the ball. The way he ran the ball, he ran well. He just couldn't make it far. Okay. Uh, and I, Zach, there's a little bit of Zach Moore has to do with that, but I think a lot of it is Tampa Bay's run defense is absolutely phenomenal. We knew that last year. We knew that. But look at the biggest thing to me was if you look at the stat sheet and you say 11 touches, dude, you know, barely gets any yards, well, under 50 yards, something like that. And Tony Pollard gets more per touch. But look at the type of plays that Tony Pollard was in on. Mm-hmm. How they use Tony Pollard different than they differently than they use Ezekiel Elliott. They do. That Tony Pollard's not running north and south. They're not going to hit and have him pound between the tackles. Mm-hmm. If so, Tony Pollard would not have gotten anywhere either. Right. But they they made sure that they gave Tony, Tony Pollard some space. They threw him the ball. They, you know, some of the long extended runs so he can use some of his speed to get out there and get a couple yards. They used them different. And I think if they would have used Zeke that way, you would have had similar production. So because of that, this is not the game that I'm going to judge Zeke's trajectory on. 
Okay. Especially when they're using one running back different than the other. And when they do use them, you're going to get to the elite defense. So uh, we'll so, see what the season has to hold. That's good. Yeah, I, honestly, like, I won't – I mean, because we know Zeke can catch too. So it, it'll be interesting, like, what kind of – but then <laughs> – then for me, it comes down to coaching. So, and like, let's move on, bro. Cause I'm, I'm, about, to, <laughs> I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to get mad. He's in his feelings. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. You let me cheer your spirits up. Let me cheer your spirits up. I absolutely loved the Cowboys last night. They, like you said, have a hard, solid, uh, wide receiving group their wide out core is amazing they can step up toe to toe with the pat with the pant with the bucks uh wide out crew which is great and even with gallup kind of stepping away it sucks that he, he's hurt for a little bit even with him out of the lineup you didn't notice much of a dip right no they got a great uh core and i i will also say that their offensive line we did talk about the running issues but their line and their backs that were back there did an excellent job keeping Dak safe. Yes. Um, we were anticipating a lot more pressure, but it wasn't much. Dak had the opportunity to run and take off even or get out of the pocket. Might have mm-hmm. lost a couple steps. He doesn't look like he's as fast, but he still has the ability to be mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I, I thought it in my heart, and now I'm going to say it out loud, that gives me confidence that the NFC least <laughs> Uh-oh. Is going to be led by the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I hope you're right about that. Mm-hmm. So, like my, 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 I think my thing is, and I think I think this is what happens to the Cowboys. Like, oh, we should have won this game mm-hmm. against oh, yeah. against the champions, and then huh? kill the clock board. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I mean, I think that's how they're going to see this game, and then the cowboy mentality is going to kick in, oh. and then at the end of the season, we're going to be tied. You know, <laughs> we're going to be tied for first in the division. You know, with, with Philadelphia or something stupid. Uh-huh. That's 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 what my fear is, bro. You know, like I could easily see that happening. We easily better not. <laughs> they better not. Being any type of tie with anyone in the NFC, <laughs> they better not be. A t- Washington has Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic, which can turn into Fitz Tragic at any point in time. This is true. Okay, the Eagles, their head coach likes to play rock paper scissors to a back, back, back. <laughs> and they're in shambles, right? You know, started this year, Jalen Hurts locker room was still kind of split. They got rid of their their head coach. So they're they have a lot of puzzle pieces they have to put together. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and then the Giants, their players kept getting hurt in the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at some of their their talented, you know, their their position players. Like they're not they're not healthy, and yeah. Saquon hasn't proven that he can stay 100 percent healthy for an entire season. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys better win the, the 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 NFC East. They better. They have to. It's their time. Always. Look, man, I always season my food with a little bit of skepticism. He's <laughs> <laughs> not falling for this. <laughs> uh, my yeah. name is not Skip Bayless. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Wow. 
But outside of that, yo, we'll start with you, Coach Jay. What are you most looking forward to seeing this season? It's opening weekend, man. Like, what are you looking forward to seeing? Man, you mentioned it earlier, Coach JP3, that the fans, oh, it just feels like football is back. Having the fans there um, at the game for opening night, you can hear when when Cooper's catching the ball, you can hear the crowd yelling, Cooper. Um, even in Tampa Bay, like it just felt like a full game. It was, it was great. So I'm looking forward to like getting back to quote unquote normal. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm honestly looking forward to a shift in how football is played. I think on the offense, we've got new rules, you know, you got new Jersey number rules and blocking in and outside of the hash and the number, all that is there's some new stuff, but I think there's going to come strategy where then teams try, try to find advantages and straddle that gray line between legal and illegal. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to come in the passing, though. I, I feel like there's going to be we already are in a NFL league that is heavy, heavily geared towards, you know, protecting the quarterback and offensive production through the air. I think there's going to be even more. I, we saw it last night. I'm curious if several other teams are going to start pulling back on their rushing game and more so leaning on their passing game to produce. Um, that's, how, that's what I'm looking forward to, though, just to see what changes this year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, me too. It was great to see the fans. Great to see the fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coach K, what are you looking forward to most uh, this season? Um. I'd say I think there's I think this might be the most exciting NFL football <laughs> quite possibly in the history of the NFL. Mm. And I'm gonna say that because of the narratives. Okay. Um like some of the narratives I had, like I think I think uh as good as as good as uh KFC is. Or I'm sorry, not not KFC. The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> advertisement. <laughs> oh my gosh! As good as Kansas City is, like I think, I think this, I think this could be the <laughs> KFC is not a sponsor. Everyone, just because you're not, they're not. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Not yet, but <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think I think this year um, we could definitely. I think we're going to see like uh, some new some new teams like step into the limelight. Um, as far as like like the Browns, is it their time? Like they're still a fairly young team. Uh, put the Cowboys in that list. Uh, Buffalo, Josh Allen. Um, so I think we're going to see like some new powerhouse teams like you know, step into the limelight and, and kind of like move into like a new, a new direction, hopefully for years to come. Um, I, I want to see like if some teams can actually get back to prominence, like the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm looking to see what they do with Joe Burrow and some of the, and, and some of the uh, drafts they got. Um, and I think they're tooled up for success. Um, I'm looking at, uh, you know, some of the older, some of the older guns, like, what does Roethlisberger still have left in the tank? Can he get the job done? Uh, like, please, yeah, please just play up. <laughs> please. 
Please get a foot, yeah. please. You got to yeah. run Baltimore. Please, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Anyone in Pittsburgh has any type of access to an <laughs> organization. Please let them know. Don't have him throw the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game. Come on, His now. arm's not going to be able to last the entire season. Right. You're going to get a right. noodle in the playoffs. Like, right. Right. <laughs> run the ball. But first, you got to have an offensive line to do that. Find right. some people that can mm-hmm. block. Yeah, draft from Iowa, something I don't know. Draft from Iowa, <laughs> get you a no, hog. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that's all good. Um, you know, like are the Ravens at their peak? Was Lamar Jackson? Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, um, NFC, uh, NFC West match ball football. Like I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing some of those games. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to that. That's, I mean, back to back to what football should be about. Mm-hmm. So that those are my narratives. Um, oh yeah, obviously, like is Brady is Brady going to how long can Brady stay at the top? And mm-hmm. then you know is 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 Patrick Mahomes like truly the 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 golden boy? Mm-hmm. Like for the next, you know, for the next you know ten, you know, eight ten years. And then, of course, I think the most interesting thing for me, um, it's weird me saying this since I'm a Cowboys fan, but what is going to happen with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what happens here. Mm-hmm. Yes, that I'm going to pick up where you left off right there, Coach K, because that's one thing I, I want to see is what this, this, this tense marriage is going to look like. <laughs> As the season wanes, um, as we talked about Aaron Rodgers so much on this show, uh, but yeah, there is definitely a a tension point where the thing holding the relationship together snaps. It can only take so much weight, so much tension. I think they're going to get through this season okay. Um, my my thing is looking forward to the offseason to see, you know, okay. the proper that's going to happen after that. But a lot of that depends on playoff Rodgers, playoff Green Bay. Right. I think they're going to get through the season just fine. You, you have Adams, you have Tanyan, you have Jones. You know, you're, you're going to be fine throughout the season. Because Aaron Rodgers is the type of person that, because he has a confidence that borderlines on cockiness, and when he does that, he did that last year. He was like, oh, so y'all trying to get rid of me? Yeah. Watch this. Yeah. I'm league MVP. Yeah. Oh, so you still don't take me seriously. After I win MVP and now I've tied your hands. Good luck with Jordan Love. Oh, yeah, we're back and we're talking again. I thought so. Watch me do it again. <laughs> I think that's going to be his, his attitude. Yep. Um, you mentioned the Buccaneers. The thing is, how many times in history have you seen where people have been able, able to bring up, bring back their entire rosters pretty much? Right. Like that, that doesn't happen. When you talk no. about injury and free agency and no. all that kind of things, unhappy players, you know, demanding to get, we're seeing that matriculate more and more through the NFL. You know, that, that was seen as once just a NBA thing, but the NFL, the players are, are garnering more of a voice. So the fact that they were able to keep everything together, it's so hard to go back to back. I mean, has it been done since Brady did it with the Pats, you know, uh, and, you know, but, but it was 18 years ago. I think it was 2003. <laughs> yeah. It was a back to back. 
So, so we'll see. It's hard to repeat. It's hard to win back-to-back games in the NFL, let alone back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Yep. Right. There's that Super Bowl, what do they call it? Uh, hangover? The Super hangover. Bowl hangover? Hangover, yeah. I don't think Brady will allow a hangover to happen, but I do think anyone who wins a championship, there's a tremendous amount of skill involved, but there's also a nice layer of luck. Yes. Yeah. Right. How long can that look, look happen? We thought the Warriors were going to win five straight championships in the NBA. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. And then people started to get hurt. You know, stuff started to happen around. And Other teams made moves. You know, yep. so now they're having to go back to – get back to prominence. But it's, it's going to be hard. But that's the that's narrative. I'm, I'm happy – you know, I'm anxious to watch the Cleveland Browns play football, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Like, if, if this was show was was aired two years ago, out of or three years ago, I'd have been like, ah, right, right. But they have done a tremendous job of putting together yeah. a championship quality yeah. roster. Yep. Uh, their defense, if everyone plays like they're supposed to play on the defensive end of the ball, they are going to be a nightmare to play against mm-hmm. and the fact that they can be good enough to hold their own so they get used to it when it comes playoff time and that field strengths and stuff gets tight it's the defenses that are going to be able to get you out of situations yeah. right the defenses they're going to be able to make plays um, i'm anxious to see if they can do that through this season mm-hmm. i'm anxious to see uh matthew stafford out of the line, right? You know, he's 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 in you know L.A. and he has a receiving core. He has a, a top level defense. Mm-hmm. Let's see what this guy could actually do now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. On the flip side, Jared Goff's career is probably going to go down the toilet. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. I, okay, he's not going to be horrible because he's not a horrible quarterback. He's a mediocre quarterback. With a below mediocre <laughs> franchise, that to me equals toilet. You know, so that that's that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. Um, yeah, so that those are a couple of things that I'm looking forward to. Um, you you mentioned Josh Allen. You know, I I'll add to that Stephon Diggs. They come off you know that record season that those two guys had together. A lot of people thought it was a flash in the pan. I, I personally think that they're going to be around for it. They're going to be forced to be reckoned with for a while, uh, as long as those two guys are healthy. Mm-hmm. So the, those I'm anxious to also see uh, what is Jameis going to do in New Orleans? Yeah. yeah. Like, what does this post-Breeze era look like for, for, for the Saints? I... But what, what do you think, Coach K? I think this is a transitional period. Yeah. Like until they until they can find the next guy. Like being honest. Oh, um, not the guy. I, mm. Yeah. Wow, that's the first time I heard that. Yeah. So you don't? Is it is it safe for me to say you don't believe in Jameis Winston? I do not. Wow. Okay. All right. Do you believe in Taysom Hill? You better say no. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. 
Yeah, I went deeper. Okay, so I, I, I believe it is a transition for this, for the franchise, not so much the quarterback, because they don't even look the same. They, I, they got a whole new wide receiving core. Well, not whole new, but there's some new guys there. You got guys that are hurt. You know, Michael's Michael Thomas is on pup uh, list. You got you just lost Smith um, for IR. Then the running game is going to be interesting. Obviously, you got um, wow, I forgot his name. Kamara. Yes, Kamara, Alvin. But you don't have that spell with Murray anymore. So I feel like that's going to change too. Mm-hmm. Whole new tight end. I feel like it's a transition for the for the, the offensive organization, but I'm hoping that they build around Jameis because I believe in him. I think that he can be an offensive weapon if they just tighten up the mistakes. Um, I think he can be buildable for a team to be successful. With. How do you how do you feel about Bridge? <laughs> Can't okay. win more asses. Okay. How do you feel about Bridgewater? Teddy, ah. Let me tell you, man. Uh, <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face. You couldn't. You was laughing before you even said it. Yep. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so I had high hopes for Teddy when they were when when he was in Carolina, and he had a nice set of receivers to pass to. You saw Robbie Anderson come to life, DJ Moore come to life, Sammy uh, uh, Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. Nice offense, um, but. Can he do it again in Denver? I don't know. I I don't know. I'm I'm wearing your spectacle lenses now when it comes to that, um, <laughs> because the receiving core is good. I don't think they're they're as good as it was in in, in Carolina though. Mm-hmm. Judy's still growing and developing. So is Hamler. So is Patrick. I don't know what's going on with Portland Sutton. I don't know if he's the same. Yeah. Maybe Noah Font will step up, but I just I'm not a hundred percent with with that squad um so teddy i love you dude and i hope you do well thanks for listening to the podcast bro but <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know if you're gonna make it this year and then you got a conference that you're a division that you're in that's insane nah that's, that's the thing for me you yeah. have to play justin herbert yep patrick mahomes yep and Derek Carr twice mm-hmm. a year. good luck good luck with that and the AFC ain't playing either because you got other teams out there. You mentioned the Browns. You got other teams out there that's nasty. So it's so, this is, I think, Fangio, the head coach, is probably on a hot seat. It's, it's do or die this year for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, a lot to look forward to this season. Can't oh, absolutely. Wait Sunday. Can't wait. Um, so, you know, some of us like to dabble into fantasy football. I'm sure some of you do, too. You know, I told myself after last year's loss in the championship game that I was going to retire from fantasy football. What? Here I am participating in four leagues this year. And <laughs> I just can't, I can't stop. I can't, I'm addicted to it. He's got addiction. <laughs> I think it's because I got so close, you know, in, in, our, in, our, in our league, Jonathan, that yeah. – Coach Jay, that I was like, you know, I'm, I need to come back strong. But wanted to ask you, we'll start with Coach Jay. Who are some of your best best players you were able to draft, and maybe some sleepers that you drafted? Yeah, 
And I'll talk not only about my own draft, my own league, but uh, just in general. I, I definitely think this year the draft was different. Um, it, to me, felt like it was a thin, trustable set of running backs this year. Boy. Yes. And my strategy, JP3, as you took it up this year. My strategy is go heavy on running backs. But if I don't trust too much of them, I, I actually shifted to the wide receivers and, and made my team, you know, wide receiver heavy. And you've heard, I've heard a lot of these strategies and plans about going, what do they call it, zero running back, where you, you don't even draft a running back, maybe because you anticipate if you do draft them, you get a J.K. Dobbins, you get a, you get a Gus Edwards, and you just wasted your first and second pick. So why even draft them first? Why not wait until, you know, somebody comes off the free agency? But I will say, as far as players that you really, I think you could go really well with is um, a sleeper that's a solid uh, wideout is, is um, DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of analysis that I've heard, I've heard people say that he has reached his peak and he is coming down. He wasn't ranked, honestly, super high to me. I thought he should have been ranked probably number two, maybe no less than number three. That's me. Stefan Diggs, yes. Uh, you know, Adams, yes. Devontae Adams, of course. But I think, I think that De uh, DeAndre Hopkins is, is one that you can still see some quality production from. And I'm excited about the Cardinals this year. Yeah. Uh, got somewhat of an electric offense. I don't know about their defense. But at least a you know a nice electric offense. So I would I would lean on them. I would also say, even though he just got hurt, <laughs> Curtis Samuel, um, I think he's gonna be a nice number two with scary Terry McLaren. Um, he would have been a nice number two. Now he's on IR. So that really means that McLaren is probably gonna get a lot more love and attention. Mm -hmm. um, and Fitzmagic. Can be fits tragic at times, but he definitely loves to sling it. And you got a speedster in Terry. Um, he's gotten a lot of love. Um, and then one other sleeper, I'll throw this out here. You guys think I'm crazy for saying this, but I look back as far as quarterbacks. Okay. Um, on quarterbacks that have just really been maybe around the top 10, later, you know, six, seven, eight, somewhere around then as far as uh, points, fantasy points, yardage, and touchdowns. And I think that Kirk Cousins, don't think I'm too crazy, but I think, Kirk, Kirk? Kirk, Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> I think that Kirk Cousins, I think that he's he's a solid pick. He's later in the draft. Not a lot of people are thinking about him. They're still thinking about, you know, Tom Brady around that time. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, Justin Herbert, even Matt Ryan. I'm telling you, Kirk Cousin, I think he's going to have a good year. Kirk Cousins is – he's set up with a good, I'd say, wide receiving core. Yeah. Even though he did lose Irv Smith. Yeah. But I think he's been solid for the past couple of years. I may sound crazy, but I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah. I'm... I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but I don't think you're right either. I don't. I don't know where to place that because Kirk Cousins, 
you know, with the talent that they're surrounded, I mean, he could throw the ball to Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook could take it to the house at any point in time. So fantasy-wise, I think if all those other guys are off the board, then, yeah, yeah, he's not he's not a bad choice. Not a bad choice at all. <laughs> you can barely believe – you can barely want to say that. <laughs> uh, it's, a guy, it's, it's a wild it's, guess. It's a wild guess, yes. It's, yeah. But I feel so. I watched him and I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I see you, Kirk. Mm -hmm. And at other times I'm like, why are you even in the league? Like, why? You're wasting people's money here. Mm. It's just that up and down. I I just I just can't trust them all the time. Okay. okay. Uh, as my number one. Now, if I had to fill in someone for a week and my primary quarterbacks by week, you know, came up and I need someone that can have a, a, a good game. And yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is, is is definitely up to to give you some good points here and there. Would he be my number one? I don't know. I don't know. Why well, uh, might have the season of his life this season and, and prove me wrong, but we'll see. Let's see what happens. Let's Let remember this. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first on the coaches box. Kirk Cousins is a sleeper quarterback. I'm telling you. I'm we'll telling you. Right here. Yeah. September the 10th. Coach Jay said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm in a bunch of leagues. So I'm not going to go through all the leagues. You know, I, I'll just stick with a, a couple of the leagues that I have here. Um, I went running back heavy uh, on mine. I, I I was able to get Jonathan Taylor. And this is a our church league draft that, that Coach Jay and I are part of. is a deep league. 14. 14 teams. Two so tight ends. <laughs> I was like, bro, and, and of course, I was toward the end of the of the of the rounds. Oh yeah, oh well, great. All yeah. of the all of the contending teams were at the end. I noticed that. Yes, I'm like, really? Like, I made it all the way to the championship game. And this is what I get. Like, yeah. I get like pretty much the next to the last pick in each round in the right. round. But I almost get back to back picks because of the way that it's done. So I'm second to the last in the first round, and then it's like a snake, you know. So then I'm second you know, second up in the, in the, second, in the second round. So um, I decided to use that for some running backs. Um, I was able to get Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson. I think both of them are going to have good seasons for their respective teams. Uh, you know, a narrative that we didn't talk about is Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. And, and under the Urban Meyer regime, what are the Jaguars going to look like? I'm a little bit more on the optimistic side. So I I think Robinson's going to have a solid season um, coming off of a pretty good season last year. Travis Kelsey was a big pickup. I've always wanted to have Travis Kelsey on my fantasy team. Finally got an opportunity to do that. Uh, so I look at him and he's pretty much like having another wide receiver on your squad. Um, uh, Kareem Hunt. I was able to get Kareem Hunt as one of my flex options. Uh, Coach Jay, you and I talked uh, off air about how the Browns have been able to do it very well as far as balancing the value and maximizing the value of both Chubb and Hunt to help them win games. Mm -hmm. uh, that translates very well to fantasy. And so I, I was like, hey, he's a good, definitely a good flex option. He's going to get his touches. Uh, I, someone is a sleeper, and this is before all of the Ravens running backs went into the hospital. But um, <laughs> I picked up Tyson Williams. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I think, you know, Gus Edwards has the, 
Dobbins was down, but Gus Edwards was supposed to be the lead. I mean, you know, I was like, Tyson could, he could emerge and get some touches and maybe he even take over starting duties at one point because of his performance. Little did I knew that Gus Edwards was going to get hurt a couple of days later. And now Tyson Williams is the primary running back for Baltimore. So happy I drafted him. I think he's going to do well uh, in that offense. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. I think is another sleeper. Uh, he tends to do well pretty much wherever he goes because he's a dependable wide receiver. Uh, he's not a number one or number two caliber wide receiver, but he's a good flex option for most teams out there, especially in the deeper leagues like ours. Uh, so I look to see that he is a veteran wide receiver who is going to be a good safety valve for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I see that translating into a solid season for, for him. Uh, Deontay Johnson, you know, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't know how to throw the ball to anyone except for Deontay Johnson, so I got him, uh, hoping that he can make some noise, get some points. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, another league I got Diggs and Kyler Murray and A.J. Brown. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott didn't play too well, but I think he'll be okay for this season. Uh, yeah, so those are some of the names that are, are on my team. So we'll see how they do. Coach Carr, are you playing fantasy football this year? So I am, but I <laughs> I have to confess, oh, no. I missed I missed oh, no! I missed the draft day. I missed the draft day, and I haven't even checked the app to see what my what my team is. Let's hear it now. Let's see. We're gonna so, learn. It. Pull it up. Pull it up. Podcast <laughs> here on the coach's oh. box. You're going to hear it first. That's right. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. While you're pulling that up on this commercial break, I'm going to ask you this, uh, Coach JP3. I I didn't go much into my actual team, but I tried to make it in tandem. On my team, I've got Kyler Murray with – I praised on Hopkins. I put those two together wanting to maximize those points. I'm curious, what are your thoughts as far as – grabbing this QB wide out connection, or is there better strategy in diversifying that, that area? Well, I, that's a hard question, but I think one of the things that if you can find that dependable tandem, a Rogers and Adams, mm-hmm. you know, um, type of connection, I think that there's enough of production coming Hopkins way because they didn't really – they don't have another, like, super stud wide receiver that I think is going right. to take a lot of catches away from. Right. I think A.J. Green is going to take attention away from Hopkins uh-huh. because you got to respect A.J. Green. Yep. But I think that's actually going to open it up a little bit more for DeAndre in the season. So I think in this particular season, it's a very smart move to pair those two. I was actually mad because I won at Kyler Murray uh, <laughs> in our draft. I was like, dang it. He says, so I got it in another league about – I wanted Kyler Murray in our league, too. Uh, I ended up going with Jameis Winston because I think he's going to put up a lot of numbers. Yeah. I think they're going to extend the offense and let him just kind of do his thing but be more disciplined. So, yeah. But I think I think in your situation, Coach Jay, I think it's, it's really good if you find that rare, dependable tandem, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Okay. I think, you know, those type of things. Yeah. It only becomes problematic um, – a, if something happens to the quarterback, okay, that affects both positions because now yeah. you don't have the quarterback to throw and it's going to cut the receiver's production. Yep. 
And then, of course, on bye weeks, it gives you two primary positions that you're going to have to fill. So if you're going to do that, I think it's important to have some really dependable flex options that you don't mind plugging in for a week to get you through that bye week. That's good. That's good analysis. I think I'm I'm going in hardcore believing that I'm going to get the production, the points, the scores, so that when my bye week comes and the quarterback that I don't have on my team to back me up for Kyler won't be necessary. I'm, I'm, I'm putting all my eggs right now in Murray. I don't have a backup QB. <laughs> okay. So we'll see what happens. Come by. So I'm looking, you have Christian Kirk, uh, Kwamea St. Brown, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Devontae Parker, and then you stash Michael Thomas for when he comes back. Yeah, it's that's going to be interesting to see for that. I mean, the bye week isn't until week 12. So you got some time. If they could stay, stay healthy, yep. I, I think your picture is going to be much clearer back then, uh, by then. Uh, yeah. Man, you got Adams and Hopkins. How the hell did we let you do that? I, <laughs> I went heavy on uh, wideouts, man. I went very heavy. And then right after that, I grabbed Cooper, too. Yeah, Omari. Yeah, Omari Cooper played. Went off. Hell and, on I'm looking at my team now. They're definitely ready for the future, but not ready for today. You just mentioned half of the guys that are either on IR or suspended or or, or pop. So we'll see what happens the first few uh, few games. But um, I think in the future, when some of these guys get healthy, hopefully they get healthy, mm. <laughs> then they'll produce for me. So we'll see. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's that's gonna be interesting. I, I, I wanted Devontae Adams so bad. When I saw you take him off the board, I was like, man. It uh, sucks, man. It sucks being, like, nearly last. That was me last year, too. I was 13. It's difficult. But what, what the, the advantage that you have is starting a new trend. You mm-hmm. were the first to grab tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to start thinking ahead of the game instead of, like, watching defenses come mm-hmm. off the board. You got to grab it and start it off yourself. Yes. That's exactly what I had to do. I was like, yo, like, all right, I'm going to take Kelsey off the board because I know by the time it comes back to me, he's not going to be available. So if I can get everyone thinking about tight ends, all right, then there goes Kittle off the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Tanya goes off the board, all these. I was like, okay. And because in our league, we have two tight ends. So tight ends are very important when it comes to that, to be able to have some good ones. All right, this frees up some of the wide receiver running backs for yep. me the next time it comes around mm-hmm. because some people have just spent their picks on a tight end. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to, it, it ended up working pretty well. Uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with my team and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. There's, there's yeah. a lot to be seen, but you know, I, I picked Justin Fields up too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this dude going to end up starting before the end of the season. Like it's, right. it has to happen. That's a good yeah. thing. And I was like, well, you know, Jameis has a has a late bye week this season. I think Justin Fields will be starting by then. I mean, if not, then I just go grab someone off or you know, then no right. harm there. Um, but I, I I'm rooting for him personally. Justin Fields aside, I think he's gonna be all right in Chicago. So good leader. And it was yeah. a lot of new names and new faces in the in the mm-hmm. in the draft in the draft. You have to go on uh, put put your eggs in some basket of a rookie. You just got. You don't know who's going to explode. Who's going to be the Justin Jefferson? 
who's who's gonna have that rookie year? So yeah, you gotta you gotta just risk on these names you don't even know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true stuff. So, <clears throat> uh, I actually have some bad news. Apparently, I'm not in the league at all. Oh, they kicked you out. <laughs> This is the first oh, no. time. The first time since uh, since like 06 that I've not been in the fantasy football league. And wow. I just there, yeah. Dang. That's okay. That that means that you won't get your heart broken each week, stressed out. <laughs> yeah. You actually get to be yeah. a spectator. That's right. Yeah. So because I'm so, and, you know, the funny thing is the one year where I actually could have won was the one year where um, I actually, I don't think I, I ended, I forget because I was in two fantasy leagues and I forgot, I forgot to change my starting lineup the entire year and only lost one match. What? <laughs> yeah. That's last year. With that was, yeah. Two years ago, yeah. Lance Leonard Lancers. Yeah, wow. they're what I did exactly the same, the thing. same thing and mm-hmm. won the champion, won the whole thing. Yeah, and it's because like my court, I didn't have a quarterback in. Otherwise, I I probably would have won that game. Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, so I guess I can I can just talk about like who who I think are the best prospects. But man, that kind of, I don't know, like it's it's like at the same time it's a breath of fresh air, but at the same time it's kind of like, man. But you know what? I get to sit on the outskirts and do what I do best, and that's uh antagonize people. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly yep. what you do best, Coach. <laughs> Absolutely. Antagonize. Absolutely. Oh god. Yeah. Well- I tell you what we'll do. We'll go ahead and jump into our fast five to close the show here. It's a new segment we're introducing. And so we're going to pick five matchups from the upcoming weekend, a little bit of mix of NFL and college football. Uh, We're going to give the winner and a score prediction for each. And so we're going to start with the Browns visiting the Chiefs on Sunday. Coach J, score and winner. Man, this is a good rematch. Um, what happened last year's playoffs unfortunately it's going to be the same results <laughs> I think the, I think the winners are going to be the Chiefs um, I'm not I'm not going to give you that there's always a surprise you know win but I don't think it's going to be with this game and I'd say the score is likely going to be Chiefs 35 Browns 27 mm-hmm. okay. gotcha gotcha coach K who do you got Browns at Chiefs um, I had the Chiefs edging this one out. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say Chiefs 28, and I'll give the Browns 24. All right. Um, yeah. we'll make it a clean sweep with the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. Uh, it's hard to beat the Chiefs at home. It's hard to beat them in yeah. general, but especially at home. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to be out for blood because of they got embarrassed in the Super Bowl. Um, and they want to they get back and rectify things. And the Browns, they're going to take it out on the Browns this weekend. Uh, 45-37 Chiefs. Ooh. So not a runaway. 45-37 Chiefs. Killer. Okay. Next is the Packers going to the Saints. Coach K, who do you have in this one? 
Man, I got the Packers 28 to 10. 28 to 10? Listen, Jameis better get more than a <laughs> Sunday, all right? <laughs> As my starting quarterback, in yeah. the league, I need him at least get – if he gets okay. 30, 31 to 10. 31 oh, to 10. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I have uh, 38 to 30 uh, Green Bay. Aaron wow. Rodgers is going to prove what he needs to do. But I do think the Packers' defense is suspect and uh, the Saints are going to open up the field on the defense. It's just not going to be enough in the end. Coach David, yeah. Interesting. I think this one's going to be a blowout. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go with the Packers also. I I, I have to say that just because I don't think that the chemistry is there yet with with Winston and the receiving core. Not yet. It'll get there. So I'm going to say Packers win this one 35 again to 14. 14. Oh, my God. Sorry. All right. All right. I'm worried. This is the splashing in the face. This is <laughs> we were talking about real life. I'm over here talking about like, he better give me more than one touchdown. Right, right, right. All right. All right. Uh, next matchup is Cardinals at Titans. Very interesting one here. Um, this is the closest one that I have. I have Cardinals actually in this one, 31-28. Mm. Uh, Coach Jay, who do you have? Yeah, this is a nice close one where I feel comfortable giving you an upset win. I think the Titans. I think they're going to be the upset here because I feel like they're at home where the mm-hmm. Cardinals have this prolific offense. Titans are going to win this one, and it'll be a close battle as well. I'm going to say also 31-28. Nice. Coach K. I got, I got the Cardinals winning this one 35-31. Mm. All right. Nice, nice. Um, we're going to switch over to NCAA. So two really big games. Uh, we have Oregon – at the shoe, visit Ohio State. Uh, I have Ohio State 49-30 in this one. Uh, Coach K, who do you have? Uh, I have OSU uh, 35-21. Mm. I think OSU is going to open it up. I think it's going to be 42-28. to 28. 28? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Oregon did not look good. It's one of my takeaways that we didn't talk about, but they look good. I, I think it will definitely be a bounce back game for them, but I, I don't, I, I mean, not even a bounce back game, but I, like, I'll give them twenty one points just because I was, I guess, I respect the program, but mm-hmm. I, I still think they're going to lose double digits, mm-hmm. at yeah. least by two touchdowns. Yeah, they. Uh, last one is Washington. Going to Ann Arbor, visit the Wolverines. Okay, who do you have in this one? I have Wolverines. I'm just trying to figure out how much they're going to win by. Is it going to be 31 10 or 28 10? Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with 28 10. Uh, 31. Maybe 31. 31. All right. Coach Jack. Yeah, so I did a little analysis on this one, and it's seeming like the crowd believes that this is going to be a closer game than Coach K had mentioned. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the crowd instead of against the grain, and say Michigan wins this one very narrowly, 24-20. Wow. 
Wow, that is a very close game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, I have it. I'm kind of like the splitting the difference between the two. I I have Michigan winning, but I have 42-28. Um, Michigan did give up a lot of opportunities last week, a lot of points last week. You know, so I think Washington will capitalize on that. Uh, Michigan also, you know, has some injury issues, so I think that's going to affect them a little bit. But ultimately, they're the better team. Uh, the more talented players and they're going to win, but I think it's going to be closer to what people think for sure. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. That's our fast five. Uh, if you uh, want to check back in with us, we're going to have this segment on our Instagram on uh, Seabox podcast. Uh, and we're also going to put it up on, um, on TikTok as well. So be following us. This is a segment we're going to do throughout the season. Uh, and so we'll see who has the most close has the closest predictions here what's the uh, winners what's the winners uh you know reward respect, respect. that's right that's right gonna, respect is nice but we're gonna get something tangible when it is its own reward oh, man i'll give you a high five or something <laughs> <laughs> totally distant virtual high five okay and a right. personal personalized handwritten note from coach k people love letters yeah, come on. <laughs> come on. Now, we'll, we'll give you a special shout out on on um, our social media handles. We'll do that. We'll do, we'll do something like that. Yeah. yeah, so you can bask in your glory. So, yeah. So that's that's it for us on the Coach's Box. Uh, thank you for stepping to the Coach's Box for another episode. Uh, it's good to be back here, and we look forward to uh, next week's episode already where we're going to be covering more football, more NCAA, more NFL, and we're going to throw some other stuff uh, along the way. And we have some more coaches coaches joining us uh, in the future. Coach Pace and Coach Murph are looking forward to jumping on, especially for the NFL talk. So you'll be hearing from them very soon. Uh, have a great weekend. Stay blessed and stay safe, everyone. Peace.